So this is it, Justin. We're back together for a melt Justin's mind. Actually, I'm not really going to melt your mind. No, you might fry it. But what we're going to do is we are going to do a world-famous experiment, okay? Uh-huh. And this is the effects of stimulation on ESP and telekinesis. Can I, like, telekinesis you further away from me? <laughs> so what we're going to do is um, I'll demonstrate, okay? No, no, no demo, no demo. Let so it be a surprise. I, I will hold these. Okay, so I, I can okay. do this? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> And then what we're going to do is we're going to see if we can read Michael's mind. Hello, Michael. You're in the studio. Hello. Lovely, lovely to be back. And it's, um, boy, have we got something fantastic today. Here, so you, t- you take this. This. Is, this is going to be a combination of Ghostbusters meets the Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> Michael, tell us about what I can only call the stimulator. This this is um, an antique electrotherapy machine. Um, it's circa eighteen sixty. Electrotherapy enjoyed a brief vogue, basically because it's absolute nonsense with no scientific basis whatsoever. That's exactly what we like in here. So I thought, what better than to bring it to Beast of War to test out some of our own theories from popular eighties films that we've all been watching? Yep. And it's Beast of War because clearly we're going back in time on this one. So, <laughs> well, here, here, here's the thing: if we're doing this skit, at least I'm the pretty one. Okay, so what we have is Michael has lifted out the suit cards from a deck of cards. Yeah, so the the high cards, the picture cards, the yes, ones, the ones with the picture on it. Yes, your favorite, my favorite, the ones that are easy for me to to, to understand. He's going to lift it, and then he's going to telepathically project into our minds, mm-hmm. okay? And then we will tell him what he's looking at. And if we're right, we're right. And if we're wrong, <laughs> we get stimulated. All right, well, let's, let's give it a go. Who's first? I'll go first. Right. Okay. Concentrate very hard. Now, quick question. Are we just doing card type or suit? Just the, the 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 picture of the person on the card, Justin. I think it's a queen. <sighs> dun dun dun. Okay. Okay. Right, Justin. It's your turn. All right. Now one preface, Michael. You control the stimulator, not Biggins here. Oh, go on. Let me. No, let me, no, let me, no, let me, no, no, no. No, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I don't just want to spin the no, handle. No. no, no. no. Can I just say before we <laughs> proceed? Um, if you actually turn that handle very gently, it's a relative gentle, tiny sensation. But um, the other end of the spectrum, you will be going like that and you won't be able right. to let oh, go. Right, Warren, don't forget, antique and you drop models. Can we connect it to a bicycle? <laughs> I think we probably could. Right, okay, Justin, get your, get your telekinesis head on. Okay. Right, so I'm going to go with a king. Unfortunately, Justin. Oh, it's, I, 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 no, <laughs> not you. 
Okay I, then. I think we need a. I think we need a bit right. of stimulation. So Justin is going to get stimulated. Okay. Okay. Can you stand up? Otherwise, we don't want the table absorbing anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So okay. Stand up. Is it going to absorb him? <laughs> <laughs> right. Can you right, feel anything? Okay. It's, you, oh god. How stimulated you get? Let's see how stimulated you get. <laughs> Go on, hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold I don't it. like it. <laughs> <laughs> Try letting go. I can't. Stop! Okay. He's stimulated. Okay. Right. It's back to me. <laughs> can I just say that this is quality science done at its best? <laughs> right. You know, after stimulation like that, I reckon you're going to. <coughs> okay. I we predict. Need to compose. We need to compose. I predict. It's a king. Ooh. It is a king. <laughs> I'm I'm called Michael Shuffle that. I'm calling shenanigans shuffle shuffle shuffle. Okay. Uh, uh, that's not shuffle. Come on. Cut the deck. Okay. Right. Shenanigans. Right. Okay, Justin. It's your turn, man. Right. right. Now come on, you've been properly stimulated now. Right, right Michael. Let's do this. Okay, let's let's see. If this has worked, this is a proper bona fide scientific experiment that, oh, look. What do you think? That's got to be a queen. It is, it is, it is a, a queen. queen. There you go, there's your turn, sir. <sighs> okay. Here we go, chaps. Actually, what if it actually genuinely, what if it genuinely has worked? <laughs> <laughs> We're about to find out now. A jack. Oh! Oh! Uh, stand yourself up. Okay, I'm ready for some st stimulate me, Michael. Stimulate me. I'm ready. Oh! Oh! Oh, mama! Give us some gusto. Okay, we're we're oh. melting Justin's mind. This is not Warren meets Matt. Oh. You can't actually open your fist. No, you can't. You Give can't. her a bit of a harder spin, okay. man. I'm liking that. Oh! Ooh! I wasn't expecting him to enjoy it, but... Oh! Oh, I really... Oh, I like that! I'm kind of weirded out right now, because I felt that, and that, that is not a good feeling. Oh! How's that to It does wake you yes. up. Yes! That, 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 that freshened me right up. Can you get Ooh. clips? No! <laughs> right, Justin, your turn. All right. Okay, this time I'm gonna go with a jack. He's done it. I'm telling you. Just actually now, let's see if it let's see if it works after one shot. Okay. Um, with Warren again. Let's okay, look. okay. Here you go. Queen. Jack. <laughs> <sighs> Spin her up. <laughs> okay. Okay, right, here, I'm we ready. here we go again. Here we go. I'm ready. Ju Justin was a one shot. Um, I, 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 I. Oh, 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 stop. Oh, so no, 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 it's the bad feeling. Oh, wow. You are going to have to try it at that. <laughs> you, that, that no. There comes a point, there's a tipping point in this. Right. Okay, Justin. Okay, Justin. Here we go. Justin, you're totally winning this. I knew you were psycho. Psychic. <laughs> he, got, he, got me, he got me sweating watching you go through that. I mean, that is okay. stringent. I That's most likely a king. He's done it. It is. He's a king. 
I'm in awe. That's all I'm going to say. I'm genuinely in awe. Um, can we start doing lottery now? <laughs> okay, right. This is a queen. Uh-oh. Jack. <gasps> oh, for goodness sake. Everyone has been a jack. Oh, I, told you, I told you I was the pretty one. Oh, you want me to do it this time? You okay with me doing it? On one condition. That you can no 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 no. <laughs> I know the condition. I'm saying no to the condition. Oh come on, on one condition. <laughs> no, because I'll be nice to you and you won't be nice to me. If you do me, I do you. That, that that's yours. We did this once before and you tricked me. Shh, uh, don't uh, tell people. <laughs> no 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 no. The mealworm. Oh oh that other. Yeah okay. yeah. So we've done so, this twice before then. Fool <laughs> me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. How about no? Go on, Justin. Now, Michael, all yours, buddy. No, no, I'm ready for you, Justin. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. Yeah, go. Okay, I'm ready for you. All right. Which way do I spin? I don't think it matters. Does I think it matters. Oh, I, oh, oh, I think. I think. Okay. Okay. I think that's I will the way. make Ooh. sure. Ooh. You let's wow. try. Whoa, that, okay, that's yeah, 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 there was cruel, then there's oh. cruel, Justin. <laughs> oh, no. I, honestly, I didn't understand the gearing ratio on that thing. Oh, wow. Okay, <sighs> if you're not psychic, after right. that killer blast. Sorry. Well, it's him this time. <laughs> yeah. Right? All right. Well, that's got to be a king. He's done it again. <laughs> do you want to call it quits with that, or do you want no. to go around? No, 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 no. How on earth have you got? Just, just a minute. I mean, what, what is it? One in three yeah. every time. So Michael, three. I sense a queen. Yes. Okay. The final one. You don't even have to lift it. Wait. Shuffle them all back up oh. for the final one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Can we see if I would have been right? It was a yeah. queen. No, it's a jack. King. Oh. oh! There <laughs> is a chink in the arm. Oh, there is. <laughs> right, so this is it. Right, no, this, this is that. This, no, not round. Last, last go. Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay. If you get this, you are the psychotic king of the world. Is it what is the what is the the thing of? Um, I don't even know what the English term is for the otic of a thing. I think it is the otic of a thing. Yes. Justin will be the otic. <laughs> he will be the otic. The otic of the otters? Uh -huh. He'll be the psych otic. Yes. The yes, okay. Well, that's going to be a jack. Oh, unfortunately. <gasps> oh, well. okay. oh. All right. If, okay. I, if I cry uncle, I'll hold this until so that you break it. Okay. Your turn to yank the crank, Warren. Okay. I'm going to yank Over. it. Stand up. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to stand up too for this one. Uh. This is gonna suck. Hi everybody, my name is Johnny Knoxville and ah! No! Stop out! Is that it? Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Oh. <laughs> Perhaps there's a reason we've not had this on the Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> okay, we have learned one thing today. An important scientific lesson. I do not like electricity inside me. <laughs> well. There are other things, Justin. Mm. There are other things. Yeah, but clearly, man, you are like the psychotic no, of no. Uh, of the of the team. No, I cheated. How did you cheat? You... I watched the cards go on out and worked out the probability in my head as what was left in the deck. So whatever was most likely, I picked. Oh, so you were doing that kind of rain man thing, were you? I was card counting, met a brain warren. But you were getting it right from the start. No, the first one I got wrong. <sighs> and then I had information to work from. 
actually, just just right. a fair game. I haven't had a go on this for ages. Uh, are you, you ready? Ready? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. You ready? Okay. Ready? I'll bring it nice and close. I am used to this. I can take this. Oh, you, you can fit. Can you see it popping my veins? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can you see my veins popping there? So. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's it. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. All right, I put the brakes on. I didn't let it spin down on its own, unlike Muggins. Right, well, look, I think we have scientifically proven. I don't know what we've scientifically proven. I thought I knew what we've scientifically proven. And then Justin. I don't like electricity inside me. Justin doesn't like it inside him. Hello, everybody. It's Friday night and it is weekender time once more. And on this week's show, courtesy of our friends over at the UK Games Expo, one lucky subscriber will get a chance to win Robin Hood from Thames and Cosmos, a big board game adventure set in Sherwood Forest. To be in with a chance to win, you need to be a subscriber to the channel, pop a comment down below, and if you can give us a like and share us around, that helps us out as well. Otherwise, sit back and relax as I'm joined by the crew to take a look at all the gaming from across the industry and also a special guest for the Kickstarter. Your weekend starts now. Hello, everybody. After that shocking start, I think it's time to take a breath. Oh. <laughs> this is what happens when you leave them to their own devices, I feel. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, they're getting a chance to uh, recover. Ooh, and and, 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 and they are in the show. But they're just only there when we torture them. So yeah. there we go. So. Yeah. Little activities yeah. here and there, you know. It's the best way. Mm. Uh, so welcome to another Weekender, one and all. Mm. I'm joined by Ben, Free and John as we meander our way through a whole host of news from the last week in gaming. Uh, before we get stuck into the show proper, though, uh, there's a few bits and pieces that we have upcoming that people should keep yeah. their eye out for, the mm -hmm. first of which being Stargrave, the last prospector Ooh. themed week. Dun, oh, yes. Dun, yeah. dun. <laughs> uh, so next week, all things being equal, uh, myself and Shay will be embarking upon a little mini campaign. Very for, cool. Yeah. Uh, nice. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is the upcoming uh, book. I think it releases at the end of next week, actually. It does, yeah. So it, go, it starts all its releases and stuff sort of midway through our theme week, which is pretty cool. So well, That's, that's yeah. handy. Uh, <laughs> and you'll be able to come across, uh, watch us ham-fist our way through um, several scenarios, watch our gangs grow, and shrink and uh, <laughs> even be able with a chance to win a few prizes uh, once again we've got three little bundles to give away one for our youtube viewers one for the otters over on tabletop and finally our cult of games members have an extra chance to win by commenting on any of those videos throughout the week uh, and we even have a little interview with joe to wrap things up Ooh, as well yeah. and hint about what's coming next as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh, stay tuned for Stargrave and uh, the embarrassment of riches therein I, um, I can't wait to watch those Let's Play games because mm -hmm. from what you've teased <laughs> out of them so far 
they sound incredibly fun and i can't wait to see how shay dives in because you've told me he yeah. has some very cool ideas about how to take his crew and what direction to go and stuff so that's yeah. uh, and a crew member who may surprise you being his <laughs> mvp <laughs> Possibly Perfect. MVC, yeah. maybe. Um, but you'll find out what that means in time. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so we have we've got a, a a rake of games across the week, and also a couple of chats with myself and Shay talking about our crew at the beginning and at the end. Um, apart from that, obviously you can pick up that prize if you can remember way back to the start. Uh, there is the Adventures of Robin Hood uh, yes. available from our partners courtesy of the uk games expo mm -hmm. because we're on the almost the homeward straight towards <gasps> nearly there yeah it, it feels like only yesterday when we were talking about going and, oh, uh, and now we're halfway through the year almost <laughs> this year has gone appallingly fast already it has. I, yeah. I hate it i hate it so much but yeah uh if you want a chance to win that um then obviously stick a comment below and uh let us know what you think about whether or not Guy of Gisborne should have used an axe or a spoon? <laughs> it's an important question. You know relevant. It's an important question. Very relevant. The yeah. spoon will hurt more. That spoon yeah. will hurt yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think we're ready to get stuck into the show proper. Uh huh. And it's time to take a look at our Indie of the Week. And this week, we're going a bit blitz, a bit Craig. <laughs> with blitzkriegminiatures.com yeah yeah um who's so responsible yeah. for this is this you ben yes it is me uh so this one popped up because i was looking at something that we'll get to a little bit later on in the discussion about blitzkrieg but um uh i was i was enamored by their historical content that i'd seen uh, mm. and so when i clicked over onto their web store i was like oh maybe they only do the kind of ancient stuff that we'll look at in a bit but then it was like no wait there is World War Two out the wazoo. I liked how that sounded. That was yeah. good. good. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I like to think that the wazoo was actually a weapon used in World War Two by yes. some strange military arm of something. Anyway, there we go. It is now. <laughs> it's a grenade launcher from the Hungarian army. Oh, wazoo. Yeah. There we that go. was so yeah. absolutely. Yes. As, as all the veins <laughs> pop in, in John's head. Um, but yes, um, but well, uh, their main sort of focus over the last while has been World War II stuff. And they don't just deal with kind of like land-based stuff. They've also mm. done uh, planes and things for you to use in your games. They've done nice. big ships and everything as well. And then you have your traditional uh, sort of tanks and infantry elements as well, which is quite nice. Um, and yeah, they have a, a fairly broad selection of offerings for pretty much every nation that you could think of, I would imagine, uh, in, in World War II, which is quite nice. Uh, How about we look at some ships? Mm, ships. Some boats. Uh, the thing that I quite liked about their ships, and it's one thing that I know a lot of people were, were quite liked about the way that foreground approach doing ships for a couple mm -hmm. of games out there is that they don't have the big puddle bases and stuff that mm. we've seen on a couple of them these are I, th I see these as like gaming pieces rather than them being sort of gaming and display which I think is quite nice yeah um obviously you don't get to stick the name on the side of some of these ships or whatever and things but you know i quite look at i quite look at like look at these uh and as, as you can see i'm sure there's a lot of technical detail in these where everyone's going to be like ah that's exactly the right gun for that type of ship mm. but i don't know um <laughs> <laughs> i just like the fact that they basically look like they've covered pretty much everything you could want which things which, oh which yeah is, which, uh, and you've even got things like your submarines your u-boats and stuff as well which is kind of cool so Especially at that scale as well. Mm -hmm. It's one to eighteen hundred. 
Yeah. Uh, but they go smaller. Mm-hmm. Tiny Even planes. Well. Smaller. Tiny planes. Wow. Go on like little multi-armed bases. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you like to see in the smaller scale, John? Uh, Japanese. <laughs> Japanese. Because even at this scale, Yamato should still be huge. <laughs> <laughs> True. It's still weirdly the 28 mil version of it. In yeah. Like a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a big it's carrier. Really stuff there. Sure. Let's see whether or not I can see the Yamato there. Higaro and Congo are there. Cool You've got to assume it would be in there somewhere, wouldn't it? It must oh, be. Yeah. Yeah. Probably lurking near the bottom somewhere. Like mm. you but go through all the they do, they do, Well, they do seem to be going alphabetically. Is there yeah. like that? The thing that's quite nice about the, the range as a whole is that, like it, as I say, it feels very well-rounded. Mm-hmm. So if you were diving into an, a naval game and you're going to try and play a specific scenario or a particular battle that took place, you can probably find the models to go with it from mm-hmm. Blitzkrieg. Um, I know a lot of that stuff like comes from different people and they sort of, they print them for people and that kind of thing. There it is. Oh man, it's <laughs> oh. when it's a tanner, you know it's a big model. Yeah. 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 Oh Yamato, you're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is the 41 version. Yeah. Before they oh, upgunned no. it. Yeah. So I, uh, before, yeah. before and after, yeah. Yeah. They realized ridiculous there, amount of turrets. There wasn't <laughs> enough anti-aircraft on it, and they were like, we need more of that. Well, I, like think, it, certainly. I like to think that that's how the Yamato decided to steer. It didn't use a rudder. It just... Guns. Or a helmet. It used the guns to shunt itself in different directions. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way forward. Clever. Um, very clever. And all these um, Iron Tide ships are done under license then. Mm-hmm. There's some of the British as well. If you're into... Uh, your naval, yeah, pretty much Lancaster. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much anything that you could think of for the naval engagements is is there. And the, we, as as we've sort of dis- discussed, as we've looked at other indies over the last little while, there's plenty of naval games out there for you to play. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Not just from the main producers as well. There's lots of little indie games and things like that. Um, and we know that naval's actually quite a, a big thing for a lot of people. I know a lot of folks dive in and play that in our project system and stuff, uh, which is quite nice. But, uh, yeah. But there's even more World War II. Wow. There's infantry by the bucket loads. Mm. 156. <laughs> so, yeah. 156th and 148th, so. Mm-hmm. 48th's an unusual one to go with, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Un- mm. Unless you're playing a skill agnostic game, really. It, it depends. Depending on manufacture, 28 mil could be either. Or sit yeah. somewhere in between. So yeah. I was going to say, what would be the millimeter? It's like literally, they literally they fall on both sides. I think right, Rubicon. Okay. I want to say Rubicon run at one forty eighth and Bolt, uh, Warlord for Bolt Action at one fifty sixth. Right, okay. be the other way around. Bolt Action's kind of one fifty sixth, but heroic. Mm-hmm. You know that heroic proportion. Whereas yeah, Rubicon, like I heads, think, it's hands like hams. I think thicker. Rubicon's the same, but Rubicon's the the more um, uh, actual proportions, mm-hmm. true, true, true proportions. Yeah, yeah. Which these look more kind of in between, in a way. Oh, I like that. Couple of snipers. Mm-hmm. Should be lying prone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're in the middle of uh, 
a town up in a bell oh, tower. Do you know what yeah. it is? The guy standing is the guy that's too busy shooting Vin Diesel. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't bleed out in the street, Vin. Oh, too late. Uh, we'll see you in Fast and the Furious. Fast X. <laughs> two world, two war. Hands are checks and Fausts. Oh, nice. Yeah. What, I liked about, needs. what I liked about what they'd done as well is that you have the kind of like typical infantry squads and specialist weapons, but then they do the sort of quirky stuff as well. So you have things like the German bike squads. <laughs> Admittedly, they had the Hitler Youth as well, but, you know, actually did end up having to f- do a bit of fighting. You know, so, so. Wow. It's, uh, I mean, it's maybe, terrifying maybe not young, but, yeah. morbid, but, yeah. yeah. No, it it's, it, exactly, it happened. Yeah. Defense of Berlin. Add them to your Volkssturm. Yeah. Oh. Be a six plus to hit with anything with those. <laughs> Everybody gets an Iron Cross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing that I what, what I quite liked about these as well is that while obviously you could use these for sort of adding into sort of larger scale games like bolt action and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, I actually think these would be quite nice for sort of smaller skirmishy style affairs as well. Like obviously we've got O two hundred hours coming out soon from Grave now, and I was thinking how you could have some of these as like bike patrols and that kind of thing that are going around in like captured villages that you have to try and like avoid and stuff. And then you've got, because then you could have them actually riding around, as you can see there. And then when they stop to spot people, swap out the miniatures. I know this is a lot of effort. Swap out the miniatures for the guy who's going, oh my God, look, allied soldiers. <laughs> and mess around like that. You know, that's what you've got to do when you've got like a handful of miniatures on the table, right? So. <laughs> that's a good way to go. Yeah. I like the, I like the Kobelwagen crew. Can we have a look at them? I just want to, I just want to see the boys going on a road trip. That one. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going on a trip. What a nice stuff. That's that's that sad lady. That's that's cinema night right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the boy. That's all. That's the crew going to the cinema. There's <laughs> some really unique stuff in here, isn't there? Yeah. The chairman's on bikes are fantastic. They're yeah. so charming. Oh, there's a topless chairman on bike. You are right, John. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> that's your Africa core right there. Drive on. Oh, you could put him on the toilet. The driver sat down. There's somebody who knows how to get prone. <laughs> yeah. Nice set of figures. Yeah, very nice. If we go back to where were we? We were at the World at War. Yeah, let's, dun, dun, let's dun, dun, check out some allies dun, dun. and see what they got. In. On the British style of thing. Swap over to the 148th because presumably yeah. they're the same sculpts, just, just up or down. Just yeah, print, yeah, printed in a difference. Yeah. So the Americans still only have yeah. one unit in both scales. Okay. British are the same. No, that's a Jerry sized picture. That's okay. Yep. <laughs> there hey. we go. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Picture was fine. Yeah. People are awfully uh, complaining about pictures. Just I like how they're so your different nose from each other. <laughs> what is that on their bum? What is a, that? Uh, what's it called? It's a peck, isn't it? Yeah, little entrenching tool jobs. Yeah. Did they? No, I think so. Was some some of them carried the shovel and some of them carried a pickaxe. Okay. But it, but it folds down. The handle comes off the the top and it slots into that little baggie on the back. Stops you from 
sitting comfortably. The guy with a very oh, yeah. peachy bottom on the left-hand side as well that hasn't got one. <laughs> that's, <laughs> clearly, that's clearly an officer. <laughs> what, this I, one over here? I cast bummage over there. <laughs> and when in doubt, use your uh, shovel as, a, as an axe. Uh, yeah. I like the fact that the guy with the piat doesn't have one either. I think no. there's enough problems with his <laughs> He has enough problems. He's yeah. been given a piat. Yeah. He's holding it backwards. <laughs> Oh, he's yeah. holding it over his shoulder, right? Yeah, to, yeah he's he'd uh, he'd already he'd already reached his encumbrance limit. That was the uh, thing. So. <laughs> in the Russians, though. Yeah, there's quite a lot of the Soviet and the German stuff mm-hmm. in the in their collection. I think that's the most fleshed out stuff in this nice. in these scales anyway, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. and the thing as well is that you, you obviously the the Soviet army is one that was so well diverse effectively mm-hmm. <laughs> during the period because they did the thing that you know probably maybe other nations should have done i mean obviously it was a bad thing getting ev- absolutely everybody to fight regardless of whether or not they had a weapon or not mm-hmm. but it certainly meant 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 that they were a, you know a fairly unstoppable fighting force you know that's yeah. why you don't inv- invade russia so <laughs> the 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 problem with with the particularly the women's involvement in the russian army in world war 2 was they still didn't get the rights they, mm. they still weren't allowed uh, an equal yeah. footing like yeah they were frontline they were doing snipers you had the the night witches who were the night bomber crews and stuff like that but they had to argue fight harangue and steal everything they needed um you do see a few memoirs of, of russian women that were serving either as nurses or frontline troops that were like you know, I actually enjoyed my time because I got to meet a lot of people and this, that, and the other. Yeah. You know, she's from the social aspect. They were like, "Yeah, that's cool," and on the other end, they were kind of like, "Yeah, but that officer mm, did not like him much because he didn't like me much, or he liked me too much." And it's I like, I can imagine, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We we can look at it with rose tinted glasses today, but <laughs> you you never have just one one the, that thing being one good thing. Mm. Having said that, that, having said that, the fighting girlfriend is a story that is so inspirational. <laughs> oh. That'd make a nice. Um, That's a good statue. propaganda piece. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. it would make a good statue. I'd say very, very sort of focused towards the idea of maybe doing the fighting around Stalingrad and that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. the push, yeah. the push into the east and stuff. So, but yeah, the other thing that I quite like about it is that it's kind of. You know, you've got the elements there to make larger, well, interesting models to go into larger armies. Mm-hmm. But then you've also got stuff to do the skirmish games. But then you can also just use it for diorama pieces and that kind of thing. Like there were so many models within both the German and the the Russian collection there, that or the Soviet collection that had so many different elements that you could use for building up nice dioramas and vignettes and that kind of thing, which I thought was quite mm-hmm. nice. So, and then of course we have tanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and, there's and a lot John was dumbfounded. <laughs> go for it. Let me have it. We're just gonna, let, we're just gonna let you go now, John. Yeah. This is this is this allows yeah. you to go wild and free. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You you just give me uh um less well, we're gonna look at the mouse, please. Straight into the mouse. <laughs> Straight oh. into the mouse. Give me that panzer two as well, actually. Uh where am I going? Bottom left. Down. Bottom left, yeah. Let's go from something really big to something really small. Mm. That's not a bad mouse. <laughs> It'd be a chunky piece of kit. I have the Warlord Resin one 
Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. You could kill someone with that model. <laughs> oh, really? A bit? <laughs> Just a chunk of resin, yeah. It's one big piece of resin with another big piece of resin on top of it. They're practically in scale to each other there. <laughs> yeah. Those pictures are to scale. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, not multiple uh, angles for that. There's, I don't want to be too... I don't want to be too picky, but I wouldn't... Personally, with, with the way the industry is today, I wouldn't be coming here for a regular tank. I'd be yeah. coming here for the odd stuff. Yeah. You know, I'd it's be really coming for the flamingo. Things. I'd be here for the flamingo. I have never heard of a flamingo tank. It's a flamethrowing tank. Wow. Okay. Those two little things on the front are friggin' flamethrowers. <laughs> the big bits behind them are the, uh, the fuel tanks. And what, how far did the flamethrowers reach? Like, what, 100 yards was the best that the British were able to do? Why? That that probably wouldn't do that because you need a a big old pump system to do that. Hmm. Well, you could make a minute to one, John. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like like a bomb waiting to happen with the tanks. At least they've armoured them, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, I could imagine. Huge amount of armour on that. The way the British got around it was they towed their fuel supply behind them, so if they got hit, (laughs) they didn't explode. Right. Uh, A lot of the other nations just didn't bother. Uh, It was too much hassle to tow something, so... Especially is if you t- wanted to go for speed. As, is as the turret then a, a machine gun then on the on the yeah. flamingo? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's because uh... you wouldn't dare give the commander of your tank an actual flamethrower to use. Like, <laughs> no. That would just be that would just be too distracting for someone. Say anything? Like no. Little check tank. Thirty-eight T. That's a thirty-eight T. Amazing chassis that they put so much on, so much. Goda really did. Give a lot to the Germans in the Second World War. <laughs> oh, see, here's here's the, the kind of stuff I'd be here for: is that the the Stommels, the um, the two five one slash two two, and the Pioneer half track. I'm I'm here for that kind of stuff because everybody and their mum can get a Panzer four, Panzer three, a Tiger, a Panther. But hmm. when you have when you're trying to do a really themed army of something, this is where all the specialist stuff comes in. Yeah. Um. Just, just because some of it is so quirky, and maybe only one or two regiments ever used them. Um, why wouldn't I want a six-wheeler lorry? <laughs> That's yeah. a strange-looking. Yeah, that one you're on there, Jerry. When it came to things like up armoring vehicles yeah. and, and and doing stuff like that, where they like bodged things, ah. how how like permanent was that kind of stuff, or is it sort of like, oh, we need this for this short section of a campaign? And then they sort of tore it apart again, or what was that? Well, the you know, to be honest, Jerry, see that uh, the bison, mm. the Panzer one there, yeah, that, that big boy. <laughs> that's that's a that's one of the modifications done to a Panzer one, right? Where they realized, well, they knew at the start of the war, Panzer one was useless with only two machine guns on it, mm. but they had a whole bunch of surplus French artillery guns. Oh, uh, okay. What were they, Jerry? One fifties or something? Yeah, the the big Doreans. It's a big, stupid howitzer, and they were like, "Well, the Panzer One chassis can hold that, so let's just put that." Literally, didn't weld it and just slapped the gun on top of the Panzer One. Rolled it on. How tall was that? That must have been huge. Very. There is footage of one of those firing at a building. And it, it practically sits back on itself and it fires. Whoa. <laughs> it's kind of scary looking. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the point, like, if you, 
they would modify something in a batch. So like there'd be 10 or 20 vehicles a, a division would take and go, mm, we need something for this particular problem yeah. we're facing. They'd do that. And then afterwards, they would either continue in service to they broke down or they would just be removed from okay. the, the listing. Yeah. Could I, guess once, I guess once it served its purpose, it served its purpose, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Or it'll have been superseded by something actually coming in from the factories. Yeah. <laughs> if and when the German factories were awake enough to do anything or intact <laughs> there, enough to do anything. Was there, was there ever a circumstance where something that was bodged in the field became a mainline thing? For like any of the like someone was like oh if we just add this here and then one of the engineers was like how about if we actually really do that did that ever happen or well, probably the example would have been the stug right okay because stug as it is on that picture is only an infantry support weapon mm-hmm. and then they they kind of they kind of retrofitted kind of field fitted uh, a longer anti-tank gun into it and they were like actually because it's really small it can hide it was That's good for killing tanks, and then they went went mad with that and built. Oh, tons cool. of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, look at the little R. What's the little tiny? Yeah, what? <laughs> What's the little tiny droid-looking thing? <laughs> any, uh, any at all? Yeah. <laughs> the, the gonk droid of tanks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> French tanks. And they're always good for laugh. <laughs> but, to be fair, like. Give the French credit. That Somia is one of the hev- most heavily armored oh, yeah. tanks of the early war period. Like yeah. the Germans really struggled to fight those things when they came across them. <laughs> um, and then there's the Renault FT, which is a World War One carryover. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you could argue it's the granddaddy of all modern tank designs because it was okay. the, first, the first tank that had a rotating turret with its gun in a turret. Oh. Oh, cool. It had that also, traditional layout, so that's what everyone stuck with. Also, a lot of these turrets ended up being put onto um, emplacements as well along the uh, the, the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah, a lot of World War Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take a little jog back in time. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this this was the range that drew me initially because. Uh, and, and maybe we'll start with them. If you open up the ancient Indians, have a look at those. Mm-hmm. So uh, I saw these pop up in the in, on a couple of different sites. I was like, this is very fascinating. And yeah, so they've created a range of uh, ancient Indian warriors for you to use in your games from back in the, the past. Maybe if you wanted to take on uh, Alexander, Alexander the Great yeah. and that kind of thing, you've got the options to do that, which I think is quite nice. The thing that I really liked about this is that they've kind of covered all the core elements. So you've got your sort of command bits and pieces in there you've got your sort of standard spin mm. and obviously have to go and buy some brass rods for them you got your badass macement that's <laughs> really cool um and then your archers and all that kind of stuff as well so they've basically done all the core bits that you need for playing as like an ancient indian army which looks quite nice mm. uh and i just thought it'd be fun to maybe collect an army like this mm. because nobody is probably going to have something like it <laughs> And you could rock up to a club and be like, boom, here's my Indian army. How do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> and then someone will go, well, we never got there. And you'd be like, well, fight them anyway. <laughs> well, I bought them. Here's your opportunity. <laughs> Don't worry, the Persian Empire was big enough to be laying the head in the Indians even before Alexander yeah. ruled his way through there as well. So yeah. they were always fighting somebody, or the Tamil yeah. kings. But I just thought it'd be a fact. I, I, 
I would imagine it'd be a fascinating painting project as well as it just being an army building one. Yeah, I bet. And I don't know whether or not it's just because I've seen you see that in sort of stuff for like uh, you know wars fought in and around India, mm. but it always feels like it would be very colourful and that kind of thing. Mm. You'd have lots of sort of bronze on display and sort of big, bright, bold colours and that kind of thing. Less of your neutral tones. Yeah, yeah. So sort of stepping away from sort of greens and browns and that kind of thing and stepping into sort of big, poppy colours. I think mm. that'd be quite fun to do. Uh, and yeah, just do something different. But um, a lot of their sort of focus has been on kind of building up like uh, the Romans is a, is an extensive range. I bet the Thracians are nice as well. Mm. Uh, but yeah it's a nice little selection of different things again um, done with the aim of kind of packing together sort of the core of armies for you on the tabletop mm. um, I was thinking I don't know whether or not you think the same thing Jerry but I think these would be quite nice for doing some, maybe some of the slightly different forces that might appear in like Clash of Spears and that kind of things because you could go and find some very alternative models and that kind of stuff oh yeah from, uh, from these everybody guys, always so. likes Cataphrac yeah. Anyway, and if uh, if you do fancy putting a force up against the Indians, then Seleucid, there's yeah. Macedonians. Yeah. Look at them, phalangites. They get everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> really good way of doing it. I mean, there are plenty of big mass battle games as well, from Hail mm-hmm. Caesar, Impetus, or uh, Mortimer Glorium, whatever you have. Yeah, yeah. Float your boat, really. We got companions in here as well. Cataphract. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, nice. I'm an elephant. And a chariot. Use a chunky bear cat. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's taken that... some time to get that armor on the elephant. Yeah. And the thing that the thing that I quite like about it is I I kind of like the slightly chunkier nature to them. Mm-hmm. I think it sort of fits into that. You know, slightly more Rome type of war view I have of things because that's what I played, <laughs> which is kind of cool. So, yeah. Thanks. Um, but I don't think they'd look too out of place alongside a lot of Warlord stuff, potentially, because again, it has that kind of heft to it. So, yeah, yeah the slightly more heroic proportions. So, and Aventine as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When what does here a whole flank of those coming towards you not at all issues on the other hand if you see elephants coming towards you just set fire to some pigs yep yeah i often wondered how realistic those um side chariots were i know that they you know like some people had them but i think they i remember when people were talking about the celts and stuff and the icenian they were like they didn't have bladed chariots no no, they they were they were battle taxis yeah You, you dropped off your people and then you do not yeah. flew away no those you said the the persian chariots the heavy chariots they had were like right. you, you would just crash in um yeah. doing all the damage probably yeah. is oh. they're really nice when you can't get a falx get a rumpia <laughs> it will mess up an awful lot of roman armor yeah yeah they're quite nice Fantastic. We don't like. I love that Thracian king. Yeah. yeah. These are quite nice. Oh, yeah. the head. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had horns on my helmet before they were not real on Viking helmets. Glad <laughs> <laughs> you said that. Do they print these ones out at 
on 20 or sorry 28 mil they are 28 mil yeah so um, although i think yeah, they said that, the bottom. yeah yeah mm. although what was quite nice is, i think on their about me page they talk mm. about the idea that they'll do sort of like they don't normally sell individual elements mm. but if you are looking for just like particular things from kits they will do that and stuff which is quite nice the um, almonds yeah very sort of traditional romans that you mm. people will know so mm. yeah but, uh, very nice details yeah got to get those time periods right so you know warren's not here to help us so. <laughs> <laughs> well it's important people know you know they recognize these mostly from hollywood yes. things of course yeah. but somebody was asking in the um saga facebook group the other day uh what book that they would get these out of i go going you won't saga i haven't done early imperial romans no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you've got sort of republican caesarean roman and then you've got um oh. fall of the empire but they don't actually have the scutum wielding all the the lovely lorica segmentum armor none of that and also because of the way saga works it means they also don't have a um a battle board that reflects the way they they fought so much either you have to kind of fudge it together <coughs> they're quite nice i was watching a uh well just while we look through these i was watching a video a couple of days mm. ago where it was a historian looking back on battles in movies and things mm. And one of the things he was talking about with all the ancient battles was he was like, why have you not built, why have you not dug ditches? <laughs> and I was like, ditches? And he was, and, and then the guy was like, yeah, yeah, because ditches are like a massive part of, of warfare because, you know, you make it awkward for your enemy. And he was like talking about, you know, like that scene in Gladiator and stuff. Mm. And he was like, well, the Romans probably wouldn't even be anywhere near that forest. They'd be on a field somewhere so that they couldn't get ambushed. And then they would dig a bunch of ditches <laughs> and just wait for the barbarians to attack them yeah. and kill them in a ditch. <laughs> and it was yeah. like... it's, it's right to yeah. a certain, certain yeah. extent. If you couldn't get them into a field, though, yeah. or if you had to travel through a forest and we're looking at you Germans, uh, then oh, yeah. you, know, you, you have yeah. to fight where you have to fight. Yeah, true. Uh, never get trapped between a forest and a lake. Just saying, mm. they're really nice. Yeah, uh, cool. nothing for the Norwegian or Egyptians yet. Yeah, uh, I think some of these Greeks are just expanding the yeah. or going to be added to um, really nice. over the next little while. Um, as I think a lot of their stuff, they they kind of bring in from other company, other designers as well. Um, it means that once things pop up with on people's sort of stores and galleries and that kind of thing, they'll then sort of work that into their collection. But hopefully, as you can see, they've got plans to do a lot more stuff um, for the ancient era, and they have a wealth of options for World War II as well. So, yeah, something to important, really. There you go. If you're interested in diving into some of the more esoteric for World War II or taking mm. a stab at some ancients, uh, check out Blitzkrieg Miniatures. Uh, we're going to take a little swish, and when we come back, we'll be getting into the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that you love. It's the News. <laughs> so yeah, diving into some news from the world of tabletop gaming for this week. Um, we start things off with a little bit of a focus towards the fantasy. We've been talking about historical for a little while, so mm -hmm. doing something a little bit different. Broken Anvil Miniatures, also colloquially known as BAM! 
apparently. Right. <laughs> Bam! Just, just the Bellion knew that they, they've used his copyright. Because <laughs> one of our community members begins every sentence with that. That is true. That is true. Yeah. That may uh, actually we, be him. Yeah. <laughs> That's him about to enact justice. Yeah. Um, so, hey, Broken Anvil Miniatures are going to be coming to Kickstarter very, very soon mm-hmm. uh, in May with their new fantasy game called Rivenstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rivenstone comes from a select group of industry veterans, one of which is Will Hungerford, who a lot of people will know worked on privateer presses, War Machine and Hordes uh, back a couple of years ago. It was very influential in how that developed and uh, sort of grew and changed. Um, And now he's got his hand in this alongside a whole bunch of other individuals as well including the lady that he plays the, the game with, Faye, uh, who has uh, been sort of on there on the kind of game design side of things, which is pretty cool. Uh, the game itself is going to be a sort of small warbandish sort of skirmishy style affair. I know people get confused when I say skirmishy and then start mentioning anything above 10 models, but that is a, a thing. We've discussed it on XLBS, mm. right? Okay, it's fine. So uh, no army should get beyond about 20 figures, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game will have alternative activation. And whilst games are focused on sort of bashing your opponent up, they actually will have more of a sort of tactical objective style focus in the game as well, which I think is pretty awesome. Yes. So when you set up for a scenario, you'll have a particular objective that you need to accomplish, not necessarily just beating up somebody else on the other end of the table. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, there'll also be this really cool uh, event deck that is then played alongside your game so you'll have the sort of the um the variety of the scenarios then mixed with the variety of the event deck on the other at, at the same time which kind of adds some spice to this and sort of builds on the narrative one of the big things about the game is the is sort of really focused around the title that thing riven stone which is kind of like a magical mm-hmm. essence within the game mm-hmm. you'll uh, some scenarios might ask you to mine that or draw it from certain areas or you know kill people for it and all that kind of thing as well so it's a very sought after resource within the world the factions themselves we saw some earlier for the shattered empire mm. they are kind of like your humans within this world but they have used rivenstone and the magic within the world which kind of pervades everything to make themselves augmented so a lot of their big huge powerful weapons and things are ones that they have been able to use because they have sort of grafted sort of rivenstone into their bodies and that kind of thing as well so that guy there with those massive sort of augmentic fists that's hardly the notice. magic Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he has a definitely missed leg day. That's the, yes. that's the way to go. So, yeah, you can, you can see the influence of war jacks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the oryx, which you saw there as well, which kind of like your orky style race within the game. Mm. Um, they are not fussed about the idea of using technology, and they wanted to, like, basically destroy Rivenstone and shatter it. And so they are all based around sort of running in and kicking your ass with axes and weapons and all that kind of thing as well. Very cool sort of design there. I like seeing orcs or at least orc style creatures done not painted in green. Yeah, it's nice. Although they are, they are Warcraft. Warcraft, Huge Warcraft, yeah. But uh, but they're not green. I mean, I assume that's the portal into um, Warsaw Gulch. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Which is where we're now standing. Oh yeah, the Gulch. The Gulch. So when you set that up on the game board, someone on the other side also has to just say, you are not prepared or something, you know, or whatever. So, but, yeah. but anyway, so in addition to the Shattered Empire and the Oryx, you've also got a couple of the other factions that have been shown off just in teaser images. You have the uh, the Iron Guard, who are my favourite, who are, as you might have imagined, dwarves. the dwarves. dwarves. Yes. Uh, so the dwarves walk around in those big, huge, sort of mechanically uh, sort of engineered um 
it's a walking sort of, turret, isn't it? Well, basically, yes, yeah. yeah. It's like a walking watchtower kind of thing. Uh, but yes, they, so they kind of dwarves within the world of uh, Rivenstone. There's also the Risen, which sort of looks towards your kind of undead aesthetic. So if you want your liches and mad priests and zombies and all that kind of thing, you've got that there, which is pretty cool. Mm. And then the last of them is the Wild. Uh, so the Wild is, to put it in the words of Bam, uh, the stuff that we couldn't fit into other factions but looked cool and we really wanted it to. Oh. Um, so it's all weird and wonderful and crazy creatures and that kind of thing that have sort of that live within the world of Rivenstone and they're out there trying to uh, sort of, uh, you know, fight back against all these other invading empires and that kind of thing as well. They have said dragons are a big thing. So I want dragons. More dragons, please. Dragons are amazing. Dra- yeah, so, dragons are good. Yeah. It's fascinating uh, stuff. Do we know anything mechanically about the game or is it just... We, the factions that are coming and the the sort of the figure count. Uh, so uh, yeah, so um, I was saying this kind of got, you've got uh, alternative activation in the game. So you do action, then it switches over to your opponent. Um, gameplay is based around all of your individual units will have cards, as you can see, sort of in the back of that image there, which will represent the characters and how they work. Then you each have they the game runs off those sort of um, uh, custom dice that you see there. Dice, but they're poly as well. Yeah, so you've got poly dice in there as well as d. D6 style dice mm-hmm. in there, which have symbols on them. When you roll to attack and do damage or defend and that kind of thing, you're looking for symbols on those dice in order to negate or, or you know, um, influence actions and stuff on the tabletop. Mm-hmm. There is a full uh, sort of let's play demo game that they've put in that new story. So when oh, you look down in the links down below in the description, you'll be able to go and watch that and see what you think. Uh, Hungerford sort of goes through the game with Faye, which is pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, so there's going to be the four uh sort of well the five factions i guess you'd mm. say uh that you'll be able to pick from as starter boxes when the kickstarter goes live and there's going to be a whole bunch more added in as things go as well it looks like it's going to be their big new sort of fantasy ip which should uh, be fun to dive into so yeah excellent cool. stuff nice as long as it's war machine done right <laughs> it's the quirky well, characters that get me yeah, there's some very yeah. strange unique looking characters there's there and whole, I'm glad they mushed them into their own faction as it were rather whole, than trying to find a place a whole faction of whimsy for you Fred. yeah there you go yeah. <laughs> it's terrain that actually fights in battle that's good. <laughs> one way of looking at it yeah. uh, sticking with fantasy then but going down mm. a more traditional route yes battle yeah. systems so uh, battle systems as people will know uh, are uh, famous for their amazing skirmish game, Core Space, uh, where you take on the role of sort of uh, crews and space pirates and adventurers and mercenaries, sort of wandering around, beating each other up and stealing loot in space on space stations against weird robot aliens and all kinds of things like that. Uh, but our systems also make a range of fantastic fantasy terrain, mm. which is now going to lead into their new fantasy game, which is called Maladum Dungeons of en- Enveron. Boom, I got it in the end. <laughs> got it, so but this, slowly. You got it, but slowly. That's the way I, that's the way I work. Uh, so this is a uh, game that is based on the same system as Core Space, because in their words, if it's not broke, why fix it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it has been tweaked and changed and updated to bring in the fantasy genre. So obviously things have changed mechanically to move away from it being more ranged focused, as you would have mm-hmm. imagined with core space with, you know, laser rifles and that kind of thing towards melee being more of a thing. There's also an entirely new magic system that's been built into the game, which is pretty cool. Uh, and also the flow of games is a little bit different from sort of core space. Although 
primarily quite similar in many regards. <laughs> you are going to be going into a lot and doing a lot of dungeon delving, as you can see by some of the prototype terrain that you've got alongside mm. the sort of new stuff, which is pretty cool. I'm mm. oh, sorry, the old stuff is pretty cool. Um, so you'll be delving into dungeons, trying to find loot and defeating enemies and trying to potentially even race against uh, opposing warbands as you do so. And then you'll be coming back from your adventures, going to the tavern, finding out rumors from individuals and sort of, you know, finding new quests to go out on and that kind of thing. And then heading out and experiencing, uh, leveling up your characters with experience, sorry. And then going off on new adventures and that kind of thing as well, which I think is pretty cool. Um, they have said they're going to try and make this so that it's, a little, again, a little bit like Core Space, a blend behind it between it being a role-playing game and being a skirmish game. Sure. Mm-hmm. So they kind of sort of like bridge the gap between the two, which I think is quite nice. They're also going to be updating everything that you sort of know and love about their kind of components for Core Space. So you'll have new player dashboards, you have things for tracking ammo and things like that because you know you do still have range weapons in this game but they want to try and make it so that it's not such an easy way for you to go so you can't just rely on having infinite arrows legolas um so yeah <laughs> just <laughs> some hello the corpses yeah, <laughs> exactly yeah exactly. Well, you know, that'll be the way to go um they have gone into extensive detail more mm. detail than i could put into the article about this over on their blog page where they have talked about the different kind of enemies you're going to be facing, the kind of characters you can play as, the dungeons you can delve into and all that kind of thing as well. Um, and yeah, as we've seen from what they've done with Core Space over the years, they are, they're not shy about doing something original and quirky and a bit weird with their games and their miniatures mm-hmm. range. So be prepared to see a whole bunch of awesome plastic stuff in the future from them, which I think plastic and resin stuff probably in the future, which is pretty good. Anyway. Very nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Battle Systems do it. I've done a great job with Core Space and I can imagine them doing an equally amazing job when it comes to Maladum. Uh, it's going to be coming to Kickstarter in the near future. Uh, Battle System are usually a UK Games Expo. I think it'd be really fun to try and catch up with them there and uh, see what plans they've got in action. Um, because, um, yeah, I, I would love to have them over in the studio playing a bit, a bit more of their game, Maladon. I think that'd be really oh, cool. yeah, there's so, a ton awesome. more info on the rules. Loads. Yes, yeah. Look, so, there's a blue thing. <laughs> none of your typical fantasy races here, although they no. are still there, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, very cool. Excellent stuff. I'm liking the look of it. But then I'm a sucker for anything fantasy based. Mm. Oh, yeah. A dungeon yeah. delve. Proper square bases and you're flying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a dungeon delve is not to be sniffed at. So. No. Yeah. Where to next? So, Stow My Games have announced a new expansion coming to the classic Viticulture. So, if you've ever played Viticulture before, you're going to be sitting in the shoes of a, a wino family. Not wino. Wino was definitely the wrong word there. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, more so constructing wine, more than necking it. But anyway, um, the players will be competitively working against one another and they're mm. going to be making their own vineyard from grape crushing, harvesting and a large bag of fields in different locations about brewing the best wine in old town Tuscany. So if you have ever buried your head into viticulture before, players are going to be placing their little wine workers uh, to task the racing aspect, really. And you'll know that the business is cutthroat for mama and papa businesses. But Stonemaier have announced that it doesn't have to be that way anymore. And they're bringing in collaboration with other players and working to sell the tasty grape together. So using the base game of viticulture, which you will need, players are going to be working towards the same goal. So constant teamwork, still going to need to rake in their 25 points and you're going to need to be reaching out to new territories over the course of six years. So you need to meet two winning conditions. That's the accumulative victory points that you need to rack in 
and progression to the end of the influence track together. So my only irked gripe, 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 my only gripe, gripe (laughs) about viticulture is according to the game, if you leave your grapes for a year, it's going to improve the quality of the wine. Mm. I'll chuck my wine out if that's the case. That's my only gripe. But the new edition is, uh, it doesn't aid you It'll get lonely. The new edition, um, it doesn't alienate any other uh, expansions that have happened. So if you do have the Essential Edition, if you do have Tuscany uh, expansion, you can utilise them in solo and collaborative play as well. I really like viticulture. It is really thematic. You get to produce your vines, you get to harvest them, convert them into wine, selling the wine. And it does flow all great together. You have to rely on the luck of the drawing cards, which I know some Mm -hmm. players do find quite frustrating when competing. But I think it's going to really take the edge off if you're playing collaboratively. Um, and it's it's certainly going to pair well with a nice bottle of wine um, if you're not competing as well, because I know that ends terribly, True. terribly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be heading to pre-order in summer this year. So it's so far just been nice. teased with information on what we can mm. expect. But we have been told that after the pre-order, if you are ordering straight from Stonemaier, you're not going to have to wait long at all. It'll be with you in a couple of weeks. But if you do want to order it at retail, um, pre-order it there, you are going to have to wait a couple of months for that to come to you anyway. But really cool Very news. Cool, yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I know Ben's a big fan of viticulture. I, I've played the base game of viticulture mm-hmm. more times than I can I can, I can recall. But yeah. it's as you were saying, Free, it is incredibly cutthroat. Yeah. It is. Many times where I've gone, why are you stealing all the things I need? Why have you ruined my game? At least this will mean that I can say that to the game rather yes, than around the table. Yes, it does. More, more brains working together rather than yeah. at each other. But I do think it's a really nice movement, change of direction for this particular game specifically. And I really like that with Stonemaier games about how they do. Our expansions look at different types of player and mm. adding to yeah. the core. So Yeah, I, uh, it's not just a reskin. It adds something to your gameplay yeah, experience. it's an expansion of the yeah. universe as opposed it's, to it's the best way to do components. I look forward to the Norwegian expansion. Ooh. <laughs> I discovered this week that there are Norwegian vineyards. Oh, and I've got, right. oh, that's amazing. I need to go there. And then I discovered that one of them has an Airbnb, so you can go and stay at their vineyard. This is amazing. That sounds cool. That yeah. does sound very cool. Booked up at the moment. Norway to wine. Yeah, that's terrible. But anyway, uh, moving away from the wine. Yep. And into the dice uh, for a new collaborative effort um, from. Adam Dobbins and Modifius. Uh, so there is an upcoming game due later on this year called Dice Legions. Uh, last year, during lockdown, Adam got bored, as he has wanted to do, and created, he probably created about a dozen new games. Uh, but one <laughs> that really caught people was his Dice Legion game. Um, notice, doesn't have an S, so you can tell them apart. And it was literally a case of playing out fantasy war games using D6 or an actual fight, steady dice across the tabletop, D6 being the staple. Um, And he started off with a big bag of dice he'd bought from Amazon and then started making up some cards um, to represent the various things. So these are your units on the tabletop. Here's the serried ranks of elves, (laughs) orcs, dwarves, (laughs) demons. You're with me. Uh, And he just got to work doing 
as Adam does, a very quick, accessible, uh, fun game very that cool. people can just get into. Uh, and because Adam enjoys doing things like blackboard and whiteboards and building stuff out of wooden blocks, mm-hmm. uh, he started making his terrain maps, his, his cartography that he could play across. So here you can see um, a, a village being defended over a bridge uh, from the oncoming horde of orcs. Um, and that's where it started. And that caught Chris Birch's eye from Modifius, who contacted Adam and went, we should release this. This this would be a great game. Um, so they've been tinkering away in the background uh, with a view to the end of actually doing that. Now, I know these cards are obviously awesome. Uh, unfortunately, Modifius decided that they probably couldn't just stick with the vector graphics and uh, the little pictures and stuff. Um, so <laughs> they've, they've got real people on board. Uh, so Christian Quina, Quino? Has been Quinoa? doing some work, uh, which <laughs> is very reminiscent, Quinoa, yeah. <laughs> very very reminiscent of the uh, the stuff that Free League uh, have for the one it round. Is actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. he hadn't he didn't work on that because I checked uh, <laughs> the minute I seen it. Um, but there's a whole host of of card backs and like coming, and then uh, as you can see, it has a a very I would say generic fantasy look because at the end of the day, you don't need a big world building going in there but i quite like the fact that there has been a little sprinkling of flavor uh, yeah. for example we've got the Ireland infantry uh in the rule against evil edition um and as you can see here his the initial idea was a deck of cards and the cards on one side have got the infantry or monster stats and then on the other side would have terrain so mm-hmm. you have to draw a map you can just play on a bare table and then put the cards down i think yeah. this is actually going to become two card decks where one will be terrain and one will be the, the actual right. units yeah. um so you can still go ahead and draw your stuff out if you want to um or you can just use these on a, a tabletop which means with a, a bag full of dice and a deck of cards in your pocket you've got a full fantasy that's, mass battle that's game an amazing idea really that like you can that. Yeah. bring with you anywhere um yeah. ranges are done in inches which is i did suggest that they use the cards as the measuring tool and then that oh, way yeah. you wouldn't even need a ruler you'd use yeah. a long edge and a short edge or maybe multiples thereof um mm-hmm. they they've said no but you know i can dream um but that but this is one of the first uh, of the rule against evil uh, or all versus evil series that uh, Chris and Rita have started to do. So this is a charity that they put together um, at Modifius to essentially support various causes that they think uh, are worth time. Uh, so this one, for example, is the Ukraine edition. You can go and download this now. You can get it from Modifius's website or you can get it from um, Wargame Vault and it costs five shiny dollars or three pounds 80. Wow. All of that money goes straight to the Ukraine. Uh, everybody's donated their time and resources for this. So so Adam's done this rule set for gratis as have the graphic designer and the artist brilliant, as well. Brilliant they, they've put their, their, yeah. their money where their mouth is essentially. <laughs> um, they had a charity raffle last month, I think was the first actual rule versus evil thing that, that um, came out. Uh, this then is their next sort of little um, addition to that and it's it's a preview for dice legions as well um so if people are interested in checking out the game it's mm. got eight units in it uh and they will be unique to this little version that is just going to be available for as long as it needs to be available um so if you 
later on decide to pick up Dice Legions, everything in there will be shiny and new. It's not just going to include some of these things. So uh, it's I think it's a, a great system, an, a, an awesome little game. That means everybody can play fantasy battles yeah, on the tabletop yeah. without yeah. having to have an army no. or terrain. You can literally no. just go, fancy game, I'm going to play my orcs against your elves, or I'm going to play my humans against your dragons, uh, because the larger polyhedrals can be monsters. Uh, certainly, it certainly would mean that if you're going to like an expo or an event or your local store and oh, you yeah. see that big massive bucket of dice, that, you know, lots of stores oh. sell, you could be like, right, time to build an army. <laughs> I have a friend who has a big oh, bucket of very like cool. two or three hundred foam D6 that they got that he loves using because he can just <laughs> chuck them into the air and let them fall onto the table, oh, damaging yeah. anything. Yeah. I'm just thinking things like that. Um, yeah, it's a great definitely. way of getting. Uh, younger people into playing and there's mm-hmm. a very active Facebook group already um, Brilliant. for Dice Legions yeah. and some of the oh, map work, right. the cartography from people has been amazing um, to see what they've been up to so uh, definitely worth checking out if you fancy supporting a worthy cause and if you want to get anyone into fantasy gaming let's face very it, we're all there. gamers, we all have dice, which means you've already got the armies to play. <laughs> so it. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Crash, bang, wallop, what a picture. What you say in France? <laughs> Potentially, I don't know. <laughs> Haven't been to France in years. <laughs> anyway, um, sticking with simple ways of getting people into gaming, uh, but a bit more traditional this time, mm-hmm. uh, WowFun have released their latest in the Peter Dennis signature range. And this time around, they are diving into the joy of battles of, metal, of medieval Britain. Put my teeth back in to say that one. Uh, so if you haven't come across them before, Peter Dennis has been doing illustrations for Osprey and a whole host of historical things for Yay. decades. Um, pretty much my youth and my history classes whenever I was a kid were stuffed filled with work by Peter. Um, this is a little starter pack, and as all the starter packs, they come with two sort of small armies uh, for you to begin your journey into historic gaming. In this case, it is Edward and Robert the Bruce as the English attempt to deal with the Scots once and for all. And as you can see, that's what you get in the little um, starter set. So it's about 36 elements per side, mix of cavalry, infantry skirmishers, and some uh, range, the likes of bowmen. Uh, and I'm a, a huge, huge fan of, well, both Peter's flats anyway, and also the, the wow fun acrylic versions that they do, um, because it's just such a an easy in. <laughs> All you need to do is punch them out of a sprue, and away you go. Plot them in, and there you go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um, I mean, it does like, feel like playing with an old history textbook? It does. It, it's, it's really <laughs> there's, there's the Bruce at the back, yeah. desperately hoping Mel Gibson doesn't come and try and stab him up. <laughs> um, but the the nice thing about it is the cost. So we don't often talk about cost um, because costs vary, and people will go off and find these things cheaper somewhere else, or blah blah blah. But for eighteen mil figures. You're going to be paying somewhere between a third and 50% more. Um, and then when they arrive, you're going to have to clean them, paint them, and then get them on the table. With these, they're cheaper and 
within an hour of them arriving, they can be slotted into bases and away you mm -hmm. go. And when you're done, you just pull them out of those slotted tab bases, chuck them back in the box, and they store away very flatly indeed. So you I think it's a, a great way to go. It's a great idea. It's, it's a, a stonker, shall I say. Um, mm -hmm. They've been doing this for a while now. Uh, obviously, Y-Fund have their own range um, that they launched through yep. Kickstarter, and they've added to that with various other artists coming in doing sort of fantasy and the like. Um, but the, the, I think the Peter Dennis signature range just looks oh, it's stunning. I love that they're double-sided as well. Oh, yeah. They're great. One hundred percent. Well, it's like it's like the paperboy stuff, but obviously done in a fashion where you don't even have to cut. <laughs> the fact you do not have to cut out in between yeah. the legs, and you don't need to know what sort of pinking shears are required, is yeah. worth its weight in gold. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. I've I've got ECW, I've got Ancients um, already from Wow Fun because I really like the pair of them, and it's it's those things where I'm going. Maybe I'd like to do this, but <laughs> with everything else I'm planning on doing. I'll never have time to paint the stuff. So being able to go, well, if I fancy playing a bit of English Civil War or yeah. Ancients, I can do my uh, Peloponnesian War stuff. Um, I then just slot them back in the box afterwards. Uh, these are just the beginning. Uh, there's already an extensive set of additional pieces over on the website. Um, so you can get things like um, Welsh archers to use as mercenaries for either force, although more likely to be the English. Uh, there's also the We Free uh, men. So you've got your uh, mad uh, Scottish skirmishers as well. I really like the fact that those, uh, those knights have their heraldry. In some cases, it's really good. there yeah. will be some specific people um, that Peter is recreating. And in other cases, he just does sort of generic things. So you'll have like generic blue pike regiment and generic red pike regiment so you can tell them apart in the tabletop. Uh, it's it's just a nice way of doing it. So and you can be as historically accurate or as light as you want to yeah. be. The other thing as well um, is that while you can obviously use these for whatever game as you want it, they do actually have rules in the sets, don't they, by, by yeah, Andy, Andy Cannon. Andy Cannon. Yeah, yep. so. um, and it's a very, again, it's a, a light rule set that's easily accessible yeah. for people. So if you're planning on trying to encourage people to play uh, a genre or a range that they wouldn't normally or a period they wouldn't normally they're a great way of doing it and specifically when Y fund started up the whole idea was to bring history into the homes uh and so they view these ranges as a way to teach kids about history and then also you know encourage wargaming as well I, th I think it's a great halfway house between something like the commanding colors games hmm. and full war games yeah because you have the more board gamey commanding colors style affair this is like a halfway between the two because you've effectively got kind of board game style component and things. Yeah. And then you, if you really wanted to, you could just move on from there and do something else. Which things well, I've, I've been looking at Age of Penda. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Using these ways. Yeah. That's a yeah. great idea. Good idea. Yeah, I yeah. thought so. That's one of the add-on packs of the Commander pack. But mm. there's also um, both British and or English and Scottish um, Pavia's Crossbowmen. Oh. See, that's the thing. You'd, be, you'd find it incredibly difficult to even come close to painting it this way as well. Oh, yeah, well, oh, yeah. I just wouldn't know if they'd a box until they, yeah. they grow old and weather on the vine like the rest of my collection. But, yeah, uh, I think if people are interested in in getting involved in a new period, then they should definitely look at uh, the Wild Fun range or Peter Paper Boys, um, the, the range that they came from. You can pick up sheets from Peter's uh, for a couple of pounds. 
yeah. print them out as many times as you want on a home printer. Uh, all you need to do then is stick them together. So as far as a cheap, accessible way of getting into historic wargaming goes, I think it'd be hard-pressed yeah. to find anything cheaper without just using yeah. dice. It's <laughs> also an option. <laughs> also an option. Yeah. So where are we finishing off this week then, Ben? Uh, so we finish off this week with the uh, Games Workshop pre-orders that are coming up this weekend. Um, the focus this time around is back on the Mortal Realms mm-hmm. and into Warhammer Underworlds and the Nether Maze. Uh, so this is the new boxed set for Warhammer Underworlds, which uh, sort of takes place of the, the old one. Mm-hmm. Inside this set, you'll get everything that you need to start playing the game. You get your decks of cards for playing as each of the different warbands that we'll look at in a second, alongside all the tokens and dice and things that you need as well. You also have the updated rules and everything there too. Uh, for the warbands themselves, you have two to play around with. You have the Shadeborn, who have been sent by Barathi into the uh, the Warhammer and the Nether Maze to try and find all sorts of strange things to bring back to her so that she can enhance her newfound godhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are your Knight Shadow Stalkers that you probably will remember from one of the old uh, Warcry box sets from the Skirmish mm. the skirmish game. Uh, so they've kind of uh, transferred over. Also, that character that's leading them as well, a lot of people will be very familiar uh, with a model similar to that from Silver Tower, potentially, if, if you remember that coming back through Warhammer Quest. Um, so, yeah, they're really sort of updating all the stuff for this kind, this side of things for the proper Dark Elves, I guess, mm-hmm. rather than just the Daughters of Cain. Uh, up against them, you also have Skitter Shanks Claw Pack, which is quite the hard word to say. Uh, and I absolutely love these. I think they're a great sort of update on the traditional Skavens. And the thing that I really liked about this is that there's nothing to say. You couldn't use these as a warband in Mordheim because there's nothing yeah. overly mortal realmsy about them. True. So I was just looking at these and going, well, there's someone's new Mordheim warband. Yeah, that was very cool indeed. Let's get them on a proper basis. Exactly. Get them on yeah. squares. Get them on yeah. squares. Yeah. But yeah, another dynamic set. Obviously, you can see there uh, to go up against the Knight Shadow Stalkers, um, as well as the two warbands. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are also a couple of new releases, well, re-releases of some of the ones from the old set. You'll oh, remember nice. these three. Yeah, so, so they're not lo- leaving them straight in the core no, box. That's no. good to know. Yeah, so you'll still be able to dive in and pick up these. So you've got Zandir's Truth Seekers and Dakunin Crew. Uh, if you want to sort of dive into that classic matchup between mm. humans and orcs, Um and then alongside those, you've also got the Exiled Dead as well, which we've seen in some previews before uh, that kind of sort of evokes that sort of Frankenstein's monster-style affair, Dr. Frankenstein kind of thing, Necromanta. Mm. Um, the thing, as I pointed out when we first looked at these, is that if he's exiled, what the hell did he do? <laughs> because I can't imagine the evil people of the mortal realms are that nice. So what, what made him get exiled from his own evil fraternity? We, we shall have to wait and see. But, uh, I, I'm hoping he was exiled from regular humanities. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah. Uh, if yeah. he's if he's just wiring everybody up to the mains, then that probably has a chance to, mm. to clear the clear the decks. Whatever he comes. Yeah. What this around. what this did point out to me when I saw this set was that like you see those really nice human soldiers just in different armor styles and that yeah. kind of thing. I, there's in all the books about. Age of Sigmar, they talk about these amazing um, human civilizations that live within the mortal realms. Mm-hmm. There are some that use, like, their entire armor is made out of beetles. 
uh, and all this kind of stuff. There's amazing factions that they've de- they've detailed. But what do they give you when it comes to playing as the as the Empire of Mortal Realms? The same free guild stuff that you've had since Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Make normal humans in different styles. It's almost like there's an Astra Militarum person somewhere inside of me going, make lots of regiments, damn it. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully they do that, something like that, and play around with it. Because there could be, there's, there's so much scope to do something sure. fun with that. But anyway, there we Living go. the dream. <laughs> Living the dream. Right. Uh, that's us done and dusted for the news. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a little swish, and we'll be right back with you in just a second. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Bingo bongo, just like that, we've replaced a John with a Leo. (laughs) Hello, Leo. Hello, hello. How are you keeping? I'm very good. How are you? I'm full of the joys of spring. It's sunny out in all sorts. Nobody expected this from Ireland. I certainly didn't. We have um, a very good weather in Paris as well. Uh, oh, of course you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, a lot of sun, just looking at it now. Yeah, great. <laughs> so, but, yeah, a little more often than maybe than... Uh, yeah, well, just a little bit, yeah. A little bit. You're slightly closer <laughs> to the equator than us, that's why I put it down. <laughs> so uh, we are going to talk about your new Kickstarter for Mythic, mm. uh, Anastir. Yes. And uh, I suppose the first question is, what's it all about? Well, this is uh, a, an original uh, universe that we created. That is, in, uh, it's, it takes place in a very distant past uh, of the Earth, uh, when dragons ruled, <laughs> when you still had dinosaurs, when, where you have like... Uh, well, not primitive, but very uh, barbarian, uh, Celtic uh, sort of people. Uh, and it's a, it's a universe where there is a danger and you're going to play very powerful heroes who go on a quest to, to save the world. And uh, the mechanics of this game are inspired, as you can see, by uh, the beat-em-up uh, sort of games such as uh, uh, Golden Axe, mm. if you remember like these uh, very old uh, video games. Uh, video game and uh, yeah so you have this scrolling thing that we saw uh, you have a lot of fighting uh, a lot of combos that you can do like you can see here so he just gave him a, a headbutt that's a combo you have the fury this is the fury that he just uh, really uh, unleashed uh, just like in these video games so you play with cards you try to do your combos and you try to move and and scroll and you are attacked by hordes of enemies, uh, like literally hordes of enemies, like you can see here also. Uh, and yes, when uh, it looks uh, bad for you guys, you can count on some uh, mounts, just like in Golden Axe. You, you, mm. you can ride mounts, such as a wyvern here. Uh, this is a way to help you. You have other ways. Uh, and uh, you are going on a big quest, a very long quest, that will bring you to uh, Anastir herself. She's, uh, uh, that's the name of the villain in this game. She's a, mm. a, a queen of dragons. She's a witch and she is in, uh, her fortress is in a volcano and she has an army of trolls that you can see here. You're gonna try uh, and defeat, that's her, that's Anastir. 
Uh, and, you know, you have bosses and uh, mini bosses in this game. Like, so she's the boss. You can see uh, the miniature uh, uh, with the very finale. Uh, but you also have some other bosses, some other uh, mini bosses. And uh, you have to find their weak points. And you can find them throughout uh, your, your quest. It's a... A fascinating thing. I noticed whenever I played through it with Shay, we had a, a little run at it, and it did. It gave me that golden axe feel, although I haven't seen any gnomes yet for stealing all your potions, <laughs> which is a good thing. Plus, uh, the one thing that really stood out to me was the, I suppose, the feeling that you are a hero because if somebody jumps you with five of their friends, then you could quite easily either level them all or pick one of them up and smash them repeatedly into their friends until they're all dead. Um, yeah. It's it's a, a, a surreal experience, I suppose. Is the best yeah. way but I can, I can also imagine in the Golden Axe style, you know, the popping death adder over your shoulder and then launching him like a missile into the, the incoming people. Uh, the IP itself initially started was Palo Parente. Yes, yes. Paolo Parente is the art director. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's been, he started working on this universe uh, in, well, over 10 years ago. Uh, he even released some uh, resin miniatures mm -hmm. uh, when he started uh, in 2011. Uh, and then you also had like a guest box for uh, Zombicide Black Blade. Black Plague with Anastir miniatures. And the, the, the characters are still there. Oh, this is a dragon that you can ride in the game. So you have oh, two wow, pledges okay. in the game. <laughs> and in one of the pledges, you will be able to ride a dragon with the magnetic system that we have. So each hero comes in two miniatures, one foot miniature and one mountain miniature. And this is an ally that can help you fight uh, Anastir's dragon. <laughs> so Not yes, he started... Uh, yeah. Sorry. Not one you get with straight away then, that one, I presume. I suppose you're going to have to work up to mount that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you have like big, big enemies sometimes that you meet and you really need uh, help. <laughs> I suppose. The combat is something that really, uh, really, really interests me in terms of using combos with the cards and especially working up to kind of the overdrive equivalent of getting a final hit in. I mean, can you tell me a bit more about that, about how you're using cards to create combos? Well, uh, you, you play with a deck of cards and each card has three different colors. Uh, so you have red for combat, you have blue for defense, and you have uh, green for art. Art is uh, the magic of this game. And when you play your card, you can decide to put it under your dashboard in a specific order. And if you do so, you release your combo. And when you have a combo, that's a free action that you add on the two normal actions that you can do during your turn. And uh, then you have the Fury card, which is the absolute best uh, attack you can have. Mm -hmm. And Fury cards are unlocked uh, once your Fury gouge, uh, once your Fury uh, has reached the top. And uh, you, you release your Fury by playing cards, or sometimes by some other uh, things like uh, uh, in some scenarios when you reach a... Uh, uh, a mass grave, uh, you are just uh, angry and it, 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 yeah, it elevates your, yeah, your fury. It infuriates you. All that hero might, yeah. So there are currently, is it six heroes in the core set? 
Yes, six heroes in the core box, uh, and you have four different classes. You have uh, uh, warriors, so they are all they all play differently. They all uh, bring something, and they have a unique gameplay. You won't feel the same when you play one or the other. So you have four classes. You have the warrior, such as Conrad that we've seen. Uh, you have uh, the rogue, who's pretty balanced. He's very good at. Uh, um, walking through difficult terrain and uh, he has some sneak attacks. You have uh, the tank who's uh, obviously very good at uh, receiving damage yeah. and just uh, holding. Uh, and you have the shaman. The shaman is uh, the one who master the magic in this game. And uh, especially it's, it's not like a magic, like, uh, it's not like uh, Lord of the Rings where you throw fireballs. It's more a magic, a primitive magic where you will uh, tame uh, while creatures uh, summon the elements and, and things like that. Nature focused. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, um, the interesting thing is it's a, it's a one to four player cooperative game, but then you also can select one of the unused heroes to be essentially your, your, extra credit in the machine so if somebody does yeah, get knocked out it. then you know <laughs> you can bring in that extra player to keep you going so nice. you can play the same scenario multiple times with different um different combinations to see you know which one works yeah. for you best and it will always play differently uh, every time you try again but then again you could play a, as a, in a campaign if you play in a campaign you will have to choose your heroes that will uh, form uh, the companions of the spear Mm -hmm. uh, your, your goal is to, uh, throughout the scenario, to find some uh, shards of a magical weapon that could defeat uh, Anastir and her dragon, and her big dragon. So uh, you will find these shards in different environments, mm -hmm. and each environment uh, that you go through will bring new enemies, different enemies, different uh, creatures, beasts, different uh, loot, uh, everything, yeah. So it, it's there's a lot of uh, renewal, uh, a lot of replayability in this game. You won't uh, do all, always the same, even if there's a lot of fighting. Mm. Uh, one of the things that I really liked was, as we get to them, the wild beasts and the sylphae, uh, because when you generate your initiative order, you generate the order for your heroes, for your opponents, and then also for the environment you're playing in. Uh, so you can end up with wild horses running rampant or these unusual impish creatures sort of teleporting in at, um, at menhires and these can be interacted with. Uh, so you can, yep. you can tame the beasts to become your mount or a companion that will give little sort of auras and spell wards, or you can fluff that tame roll and have uh, a hoof to the head as they gallop <laughs> off somewhere else, uh, which is a, a delightful way of, of changing up the the sort of the the standard mechanics of a board game where you, where you expect to be facing foes you don't always expect to have a, a pack of hyenas to deal with can we expect <laughs> exactly, to see yes. beyond that yeah well yes uh you also have uh, a story that is told uh, to you with uh, some uh, unexpected uh, events happening so when you play a scenario you will have some quest cards and uh, you will have to read uh, the first quest card, and the first quest card will tell you your objective. You don't know the other objectives. You will discover them as you play. And once you have accomplished the objective, you flip the card, and then you can 
read uh, some narrative text that mm-hmm. puts you in the mood, and it will give you a, a, a new objective. And uh, this is also part of what doesn't make this game repetitive. This is what um, makes this, this game uh, a bit like a story uh, that is told to you, but you you play the action, the mm-hmm. action scenes. Yeah, because you don't have to actually complete every quest objective. There are there are some main secondary quests, and then there are secondary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes, and uh, that also makes me you want to play it again and see what 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 would have happened if I went through this secondary objective. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's it's what we tried to achieve. We we didn't want to just have an action game. We didn't want this uh, to. to Feel repetitive, and uh, we want it to look great. Look at yes, this is uh, Anastir. Uh, That's massive. <laughs> it is huge. How much is that? How tall is that? That particular. It's a uh, sixteen centimeters. So, wow. Yeah, that's huge. That's, yes. <laughs> and even look at this one, like the uh, the the guy, the mounted guy on the on the the back. He's mm-hmm. huge too. Yeah. I can tell you, like he's really really big. So what do, what is the range of the miniatures? Uh, what's uh, going from thirty-five millimeter, thirty-five millimeter. Uh, but uh, as oh, you right. can see here, uh, you you also have like big like this uh, big troll is is huge, and he's not the biggest in the game. We'll we'll have some even bigger uh, creatures. <laughs> Look at this boss. Look at that. This is oh. a boss. Uh, <laughs> That's one evil-looking bunny. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Well done for him to stay in on that. Yeah. <laughs> they bred them bigger in those days. Yeah. Uh, so what, what sort of length of gameplay will people be looking at for the, the core box? Uh, uh, a scenario is uh, roughly 90 minutes to play. Okay. Uh, you can play from one to four players. Um, and the good thing is setup is pretty fast. You know, we, yeah. we know we've had like big games that took a long time to set up. Uh, not this one. <laughs> this one is really fast. Uh, we you don't have many tokens on the on the board, uh, almost none. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, although you have hordes of enemies, you don't have to roll for each of them. You know they move uh, as a group, and you will only roll one dice of defense mm-hmm. for the combined attacks that they do. So okay. it, the flow is 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 fast. You, you only roll your dice uh, from your hero's perspective. So when you attack, you will attack uh, a space, an area, and you will allocate the results you, you did on the different enemies in that area. And they don't have hit points. So if you reach uh, their defense, they're dead. And so you can decide, okay, do I want to get rid of the big one or uh, of several little ones? Uh, that's the only thing you have to think, and then you remove the minis. And when they attack, uh, they attack and a space, an area where your hero is. So if you have five uh, enemies in that space, uh, you will only get one attack. You will, you will look at the, uh, the attack value of this, uh, one of these miniatures and all the same similar kind of miniatures will add plus one. And then you will roll your defense. You know, that attack is a, a fixed value. You will just roll your defense and the difference between uh, the attack value and your defense is how many hit points you lose. It's very, very fast, very simple. Especially when you've um, you've got multiple characters on the board doing different things, and that's when you can use 
the the sort of the role allocation so you can get breed in there to uh to block some of the attacks if she's capable yeah um, so so it does force you to be cooperative rather than competitive it, it is with, absolutely with absolutely yeah. you, you you can play cards for your uh friends you know you can say i'm gonna boost your you really need uh, a boost i'm gonna spend a card to boost your attack value or to boost your defense because you need to roll high. Uh, sometimes you have reaction cards that will allow you to do something before something else happened for your attack. You play a reaction and maybe you can move before the attack or you can do an attack before uh, the attack, things like that. And sometimes, yes, there are interactions. There are a lot of interactions with the, the players, even if it's co cooperative. So there's only two pledge levels. Um, you've either yes. got the, the core pledge or the pledge with the additional dragon in it. Yeah. And there's a lot so, of miniatures in there already. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So there, I think there are around 75 miniatures in the core wow. pledge, which is $130, and mm -hmm. including the big Anastir miniature that you've seen, including the big uh, boss that you, you've seen, mm -hmm. uh, including... Uh, a lot of uh, mini bosses and, and things like that. You have uh, you have some mounts. You have horses because you can mount on horse with the magnetic system, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, you have also only during the Kickstarter uh, the avatar, which is the miniature uh, of one of these Silphay you mentioned, right? Uh, uh, which is which will be sold after this Kickstarter, and it's a big, big uh, one. Mm -hmm. And then you have the the Dragon Pledge. So this is it. Uh, the Dragon Pledge uh, adds this dragon miniature. He, he's huge, also uh, sixteen millimeters tall. Uh, and again, yes, you can remove the top uh, of his part, oh, yeah, and replace right. it yeah, with a saddle that has a magnet, and then you can put your. Uh, uh, your 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 hero on, hero on it. it. Yeah, hadn't noticed yes. that. And a, a nice little so picture. So you will play with him, and not in just one scenario. I can tell. I won't spoil because you have to play the campaign and see what happens. Sure. But you won't play him just uh, <laughs> uh, just once. And if you do not get the dragon pledge, the dragon pledge is one hundred and sixty dollars. Mm -hmm. You do not get it. Uh, you will play with uh, a cardboard overlay. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. So the. the the dragon's still there in spirit, even if you don't get the uh, the figure yes, itself. Or yes, it. he's uh, part of the story, and it's just uh, playing with a big extra miniature uh, or not. It's up to people. <laughs> uh, so, do you have plans for much in the way of stretch goals and expansions for this, or is it going to be a very self-contained? Um, yes, we plan. We have lots of stretch goals. We have already unlocked six stretch goals. Uh, and um, we, there's an important thing to mention uh, with that. We just don't want to unlock miniatures for miniatures, you know. We, we, want, <laughs> we want to uh, unlock game material as well and gameplay. So we will release a full expansion as stretch goals. That's our plan. And, what, uh, and it will be a, a, a full area. It will be the swamp, the bone mar, the bone swamp area. So you'll get everything. You'll hold, you'll have all of the the tiles, all of the the enemies that go with it, all of the cards that go with it, uh, all of the uh, loot, you know, the or the event cards uh, specific to this area. Even the beast, you know, that you can ride. It will be like uh, this kind of uh, big birds, uh, <laughs> uh, like. <laughs> 
sort of ostriches, but with a big, big head. Uh, you, you always... <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so this is what we want to, to unlock as, as stretch goals. And then we will have some uh, expansions. Nice. Fascinating oh. stuff. Well, folks, uh, there are 14 days left if you fancy checking out Anastir uh, and getting involved in some Paleolithic barbarian fantasy, possibly. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for taking the time, Leo. Uh, it's been great. Oh, thank you. Thank again. you to, to all, uh, all of you. <laughs> thank you very much. That was very nice. All right, folks. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with you in just two ticks. And we're back again. And the rather louche Frenchman has been replaced once again by our stiff upper lipped John. <laughs> John. You missed Anastir. That's all right. You can go back and watch my Let's Play with Shay. Yeah. Uh, I think that wraps us up for another week, folks. Mm-hmm. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I've certainly enjoyed being here, not stressing out at all about anything. Not bad. <laughs> we will be back on Sunday for our XLBS show. Uh, If you are not a member of the Cult of Games and don't know what I'm talking about, come over to ontabletop.com and sign up for a 30-day trial. And on a Sunday morning, we have a gentle, wetter meander through our hobby and some of the community stuff as well. And chew the fat about the things that amuse, annoy, or we enjoy within our hobby. Uh, otherwise we will see you again next Friday for more of the same and don't forget if you want a chance to win that prize from Cosmos and the UKGE pop a comment below and you too could be joining Robin Hood and his merry men in Sherwood Forest thieving all the taxes really all he's doing there is making the poor people suffer because they're going to have to be taxed again Yeah, dirt roads in a forest don't build themselves you know Robin (laughs) Until next week, have a great week of gaming. Bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.